We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Tyler Chetwood pitched a tremendous ball game, but he'll leave very much up in the air. He can win it. He could have no decision, and since he's responsible for all three runners, he also could be the losing pitcher. The next offering hit in the air, left field, back goes Reynolds near the fence. It's got a chance. Gone! Opposite field home run, Kyle Schwarber. The pitch, ground ball to short, could do it. Baez goes to second, Cubs win. 6-4 to four the scoring, and the Cubs win the ball game by a score of 4-3. to three. Next stop, Kansas City. Roberts slices the ball to right center field. Starling back at the wall. It is gone! Oh, easy power from 88! Robert lifts it, left center field, long run, not going to get there, Starling. Luis Robert just flicked a ball into the gap in left center field. It's an RBI double and his third hit of the ball game. 3-2 on the ground, third base. Yoan Moncada finishes off the first save in Cody Hoyer's career. 11-5, shadow high fives for everybody. And the Sox get to 500. Winner, winner, chicken dinner! It's time for Hit and Run with your host, Matt Spiegel. Well, 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 good morning to you, baseball people. Sunday morning means hit and run, and we live in a two-team town where both of these teams are really fun and interesting right now. They've got their problems but they've got their strengths. They've got stars, both of them. The White Sox have the talk of MLB in terms of new players, and that is Luis Robert. It's pretty amazing when in the American League, Kyle Lewis out in Seattle, their rookie, who's 24, and they've been expecting big things for a while, he has a hit in every single game. He's leading the American League in hits. But nationally, nobody's talking about him for Rookie of the Year because it's already been handed to Luis Robert. He let off yesterday for the first time. And does that? Yes, he does. So not just this town, but all of baseball talking about Luis Robert. But oh, by the way, the Cubs offense is as good as it has been since 2016. The way it looks right now. Eight games into the season. I know we're only eight games into the season, but remember... That's almost one-sixth of the full season that this is. 
eight times 2.7. What's that? About 22. We're about 22 games in to what would be 162 games. Among the problems that these teams have is that, of course, there may not be a season at some point if MLB cannot get its act together with the novel coronavirus. But as we will discuss, I think the owners are incredibly committed to getting this season in. Incredibly committed to getting to the postseason. As you have seen, I remember the first day when we were talking about players arriving for spring training two, electric boogaloo, for summer camp, and Freddie Freeman had tested positive. Bruce Levine and I were on the air at the time on Inside the Clubhouse, and I remember it, it being jarring to both of us that Freddie had tested positive. Like, oh boy, that's a big star on a big team. Are they going to be able to do this? They're going to shut this down. Oh, they kept going. Remember when they kept going? Everything that happened with the testing troubles, and they've kept going. Now we have one team with an outbreak. There are 18 players on the Miami Marlins who have tested positive for COVID. They've been shut down. There, there, were, there have been 33 games postponed so far. 33 scheduled games so far have been postponed with more to come today and beyond. Nobody really knows when the Marlins are going to play again. I mean, they're, they're supposed to play on Tuesday, but with who? Who are they? We'll talk about the Marlins and how they're transporting virus-positive players and who's going to show up for them on Tuesday if they play their scheduled doubleheader. I think it's in Baltimore. It's where the Marlins are supposed to be. But meanwhile, the other guys are going down to Florida on a bus. <laughs> I don't want to be on that bus. But my point is this. MLB steamrolls ahead. They keep going. Because they want to play. They want to get it in. And they are putting the pressure on the players to get the job done in terms of health and safety protocols and also to withstand everything and just keep going. And it is admittedly an awkward place when you are somebody like me who believes very firmly in the science and the truths about this virus that it will be spread via aerosolized respiratory droplets if you are not wearing a mask. That's how it will be spread. And that if the players do not follow the strictest health and safety protocols, if the managers don't lead them with a firm hand and make sure they're doing it, then we will have troubles within a team. And certainly if the players go out and socialize, it appears they might have done with both the Marlins and maybe even the Cardinals. Cardinals with a few positive tests. Jerry Harrison Jr. tweeting yesterday that he heard that some of them went to a casino. Come on, boys. But anyway, I believe firmly in the science of it because it's fact-based and true. And so, no, I don't think it's really very wise as a nation that we are playing sports. But, boy, it's good to see. Boy, it's fun to have. And, man, I love going to work. When the teams are as interesting as this, when the baseball is as fun to watch as this has been. So we balance those things and talk to you all morning long um, about baseball and whether it's happening and if it's still going to happen, which I think it is. And while it's happening, oh, by the way, let's talk some Cubs and Sox with you. 
at 312-644-6767. Because, man, there's some stuff going on here. Tyler Chatwood has reinvented himself. It reminds me of Private Pile in Full Metal Jacket. He is born again hard, is, is Tyler Chatwood. Look at him last night give up the leadoff double and not panic or freak out in any way, just stay in complete command and get out of it. And that's really all that he gave up until you got to the seventh. He got into the seventh. I think he'd retired, what, 14 straight after a walk? Retired 14 straight, got into the seventh, got in trouble, angry at himself for walking Gregory Polanco. Then he had to leave, and then the Cubs' bullpen was completely and utterly terrifying for the rest of the night. Oh, and we've got Craig Kimbrell to talk about the Cubs closer situation. But look at Tyler Chatwood, man. I am happy for Tyler Chatwood. That dude has reinvented himself with the cut fastball. The cutter that he is now working with, it reminds me of of Jake Arrieta's slutter, half slider, half cutter. Well, one of them anyway, because Jake could manipulate that pitch in terms of velocity and break. But I see the beard and I see the, the, that, that cutter moving as much as it does, and I think Jake. But let's give Tyler Chatwood his due. His cut fastball goes sideways a massive amount. There's some great data work and detail. Is it data or data? I think it's data. From Jordan Bastion on MLB.com. He has a chart measuring the horizontal movement of the cut fastball of Tyler Chatwood, right? It's crazy how he has changed it. Changed his grip, went back to an old slider grip, and now it moves so far from right to left, and he feels so good about it. He says, I feel like I can run it out of lefty's hands, or I can try to have depth and throw it down and away to a righty or back foot to a lefty. I feel like I'm able to manipulate it two ways right now. Means the ball. And velocity stays on it, which I think is a big part. There's a an overlay by Pitching Ninja. And you know what the overlay is? Where they show you two pitches at once. And all they're showing you is the movement of them both. And what it looks like to a hitter when they tunnel the same exact way. The 94-mile-an-hour sinker of Tyler Chatwood and the 90 mile an hour cutter. The sinker goes down and to the right. The cutter goes down and to the left. Good luck, everybody. Tyler Chatwood with control of those pitches and a curve. My goodness, this is, it's amazing to see. He threw 23 cut fastballs last night and only one of them was put into play. One. So that dude is is remarkable right now. And I'm happy for him. And it's really cool to watch him. So I'm toggling between that last night on the big screen at my house because the Cubs get the big screen at my house. When my wife is here, there is just no conversation. Uh, There's a second TV in the bedroom that is I'm allowed to have the White Sox on. Um, A night like last night, I break out the iPad and using the Xfinity app on the iPad can watch two things at once, and I have the socks on the iPad. So I'm watching both last night. And how many hits for the White Sox? A preposterous amount of hits. Is it 21? Is that where they ended up with? I know that Luis Robert leads off and has four. I know that Eloy Jimenez had four. I know that Juan Moncada had three. That's your dream right there. 
is those three guys. Maybe you thought they'd be at the top of the order. Now Luis Robert is. Robert one, Moncada two, and Eloy down the order. But the three of them doing that thing. My goodness. 21 hits for the Sox yesterday. 21 hits for the White Sox. Just everybody. And, and finally, they break into double digits with the runs. They could have had a lot more runs. Um, but I think they'll take, they'll take what they had. I also think yesterday was the first time uh, in Major League history where the one, two, three, and four hitter were all Cuban-born players. Wow. That, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, what, what they have going on right now with those position players, with that core, all signed and locked and loaded, other than Nick Madrigal, who, frankly, does not deserve, uh, from a talent perspective, does not deserve that kind of contract, um, probably didn't need the service time manipulation because it's not somebody you're going to you're going to try and sign preemptively because you're terrified of what he's going to get in arbitration and beyond. He's just not going to be that guy because of, of the power. He may turn into Whit Merrifield. I know you, you dream of that. Steve Stone has mentioned that as, a, as an ideal comp. I think of Michael Young, the former Texas Ranger. You know, those kind of things. That, that'd be very, very good and very useful to have. But don't put him in the category of the other guys we're mentioning. But to have all those guys there, and have all those guys get along and be what they are in terms of playing together, enjoying each other, pushing each other. Did you see Robert and Eloy in the double Zoom last night? Just yucking it up, giggling, talking about how they were goading each other last night. Eloy said he made Luis Robert mad because he said, we both just need a triple for the cycle. Let's go. And Luis is like, oh, man, now I'm thinking about triples. I just want to think about hitting the ball hard. There's wisdom and insight in there, by the way. The wisdom and insight is that's all that Luis Robert is thinking about when he goes to the plate, hitting the ball hard. He's not thinking about, all right, I got a homer here. I got a single here. I got to do that here. I got to do this. No, no, no. Dude's just looking to rake. His process is good, and you can tell. He, he's ridiculous. We're going to talk a bunch of Luis Robert today. We're going to take your phone calls, take your texts along the way. They are the very same number. 312-644-6767 is the number. The White Sox left 15 men on base. Texture says, um, yes, but speaks Tyler Chatwood may be born again hard, but private pile eventually goes crazy and implodes. Yes, that's true. I hope that Chatwood doesn't go in that direction, by the way. But since what you, is your major malfunction, <laughs> nuts? Uh, since you mentioned, I will put the first 45 minutes of Full Metal Jacket up against any Stanley Kubrick movie all time. That includes The Shining, 2001, Clockwork Orange, whatever. The first 45 minutes of Full Metal Jacket is as good as it gets from Kubrick. These are great days we're living, bros. <clears throat> oh, man. So I hope Tally Chatwood doesn't go to that end. <laughs> Man, uh, this is uh, it's going to be a fun day. I promise you. Ron Coomer is going to check in later, and we'll talk Cubs. We'll talk some of that Cubs offense. Chris Kampka is going to check in later. He will tie the room together and uh, give you stats and nuggets from around baseball and around the Cubs and Sox over these first eight games. 
I, I am so excited about the possibilities for both the Cubs and the Sox that I am selfishly wanting baseball to keep going and keep going in the face of, of brutal challenges, of serious incompetence at the beginning and the planning of this thing. And just the, the incredible battle that it is to try and control adults and keep them doing the right thing. What you're seeing in baseball is a microcosm of America, where we are so obsessed with our own freedoms and our own um, free will and autonomy that we don't follow directions and do the right thing. It's just, it's who we are as a country, American exceptionalism. And we just, we are very very determined to live free. And I understand, and it's it's always such a good thing, except for this um, particular instance in, in mankind's history right now, where I wish we were a very obedient sort who had gotten our act together and put on masks and uh, put phase one or the wave one of this virus away in like a month and a half or two months, like a lot of other countries did. But here we are. We're fighting our way through it. And I selfishly want baseball to just keep going, keep going, because we are in year number one of a legitimate crosstown World Series window. I think they're both going to make the playoffs. If there's a full season this year, especially with the expanded playoffs, I think both in the Cubs and the Sox, both the Cubs and Sox are going to make the postseason. That would be fun in and of itself. And haven't had it since 2008. So that would be great fun. But legitimately, both of them with World Series dreams, come on. And that's why I want them to keep going. They're going to move forward, is MLB. Rob Manfred says so. He puts it on the players, says the players have to do a better job. That's, uh, that's true in, on some levels. But also MLB could have done a better job. Only now, in response to the Marlins situation and the Cardinals situation... Is there a dedicated compliance officer that has to travel with the team and make sure that everybody's doing the right thing on the road? Only now. Before that, there was this infection prevention safety coordinator that I've talked about before because I love the title. I love that all four of those words could be jumbled in any direction you want and it would still have the same meaning. The coordinator infection prevention safety person. But now there's a compliance officer that must travel. And some teams have been doing it well, some teams have not. But they're going to keep going. This exchange between Jackie Bradley Jr. of the Boston Red Sox and a reporter last night is indicative of what's going on. The reporter says, seems like your season is going to be shut down. Jackie Bradley says, no, they'll make it last. They'll keep going. They'll make it last. Reporter says, do you think that's the right thing to do? Jackie Bradley says, doesn't matter what I think. No, it, it, it doesn't, Jackie. It doesn't. So MLB's going to keep going and put the pressure on players to accommodate, to make it work. And every once in a while, a player's going to say, man, I just can't do this. And yesterday, that was Lorenzo Cain. Terrific player. Really good leader. I've always enjoyed him as a guy. You heard or maybe read what John Lester had to say about him in pregame yesterday. About a, a, a guy of that stature. And he just, he can't do it. He's got three kids at home. 
feeling the pressure, needed to make the best choice for his family, has made a bunch of money in his baseball career, doesn't need the money from this prorated season, wants to be there for his teammates, but needs to put his family first. Understood. So every once in a while, the player's going to do that. And we fear that more of them might, and hopefully it doesn't get any worse than this. But I wanted to keep going so we get more of this season because I'm having a blast watching these games. So, so fun. Got a lot of stuff to get to today. Um, We will talk about our two-team town. We'll talk about Luis Robert at leadoff. We'll talk about why the legend only continues to grow with Luis Robert. You'll, uh, we'll talk about why this Cubs offense is working as well as it is right now and what's different about the, uh, about the previous years of this Cubs offense. We'll figure out who the Cubs closer is and we'll talk about the way David Ross is handling it and talking about it. We'll take your phone calls and texts all morning long at 312-644-6767. And you can tweet at me at Matt Spiegel 670 as well. But dial it up, get involved, let's talk some baseball. When we come back, team stats for the locals. Where the Cubs and Sox rank in the league this far into the year. I want to see if it fits with what your perception is of your team. The numbers are very, uh, very interesting with some obvious surprises in there. And then there'll be a couple numbers of you where you'll be like, oh, yeah, 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 that, that makes sense. We'll talk about it next. It's Matt Spiegel here with you. It's Hit and Run on 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. High in the sky, center field. Starling back at the track and the wall. It's off the top of the wall and bouncing over and gone. Starling can't find it because it's not in the ballpark anymore. A three-run home run for Aloy Jimenez. Up and over and a 4 nothing lead. It's almost as if Bubba Starling actually threw it out of the ballpark because he got a glove on it. His second home run, he's now driven in five. Starling is timing it well. It just bounces out of his glove because that's not out of the park. That's right. It literally was almost like a trampoline effect, and he wants to know where it is. Well, it's pretty easy. It's over the wall. You threw it out. A great beginning to this one, and Aloy is a very happy man. The next offering hit in the air. Left field. Back goes Reynolds near the fence. It's got a chance. Gone. Opposite field home run, Kyle Schwarber. Cubs lead 4 nothing. That was a big, big two-run homer for Kyle Schwarber because it took the pressure off what would have been a save situation 
with a two-run lead. So 4 nothing, And then here comes Kyle Ryan. And before you know it, it is a save situation again. And so then here comes Rowan Wick, who gets it done. And we will talk about the Cubs' closer situation a little bit later in more graphic detail. It can't be Craig Kimbrell. Suffice to say that um, they're scrambling in that bullpen. Justin Steele is a 25-year-old left-hander who is on the 40-man roster and will be promoted this morning from uh, the South Bend facility. Justin Steele, the lefty with a mid-90s fastball and a, a real good curve is coming to be part of the bullpen. Kyle Ryan's velocity was down last night, and he got pounded last night. Brad Wick is on the injured list. Rex Brothers throws very hard, but struggles with location, and then sometimes has to come right back over the plate, and when he throws it straight, it can get hit and go a very long way, as it did last week. The Cubs' bullpen, not good, but Justin Steele is coming to be a lefty in that bullpen. Callers, we'll get to you in a moment. And if you'd like to call, feel free at 312-644-6767 as we talk baseball all morning long on Hit and Run. Both sides of town, very interesting with lots of things to discuss. And, of course, the relationship of baseball to COVID and the opt-outs and everything that's going on. We'll get to you callers in a moment. But I mentioned I've got some numbers for you. All right, so team stats for the locals, where they rank so far. Most teams either eight or nine games into the season unless you're the Marlins or Phillies or uh, others. Uh, But where do they rank? Let's start with the bullpens. So pitching in this town in general, okay? We'll save the good stuff for later with the offense. The Cubs are 20th in ERA in baseball out of 30 teams. The Sox are 25th in ERA out of 30 teams. The bad stuff first. 4.82 ERA for the Cubs, 5.53 ERA for the White Sox. The Dodgers are first. They have an ERA as a team of 2.04. Outrageous. The bullpen ERA, the Sox are 15th in baseball with a 4.35 bullpen ERA. Right down the middle. Been pretty good of late. Up until last night, I think they had a streak of 18 straight scoreless innings on this road trip that uh, fell apart thanks to Jace Fry and Steve Ciszek last night. But Evan Marshall's been great. Jimmy Cordero's been good in big middle situations. So anyway, Sox 15th in bullpen ERA. Cubs, dead last in bullpen ERA. 9.75 earned run average for that bullpen. That is two runs worse than the 29th ranked bullpen in baseball, which is the Cincinnati Reds. Two runs worse. The Cardinals, by the way, have a bullpen ERA under 1.0 in baseball. The starting pitchers, Cubs, second best in all of baseball. Behind the Rockies, believe it or not. A 2.30 starting pitcher ERA for the Cubs. Everybody's been good. Darvish, the second time around, real good. Hendricks, great the first time, not as much the second time. Chatwood, both times. Lester, real good. Alec Mills, good. We'll see as those guys get their second chances starting today with Lester. The White Sox starting pitcher ERA. Do you know where it is, Sean Anderson, White Sox fan? 
Uh, the starting pitching's probably bad, but the bullpen's good, so I'll say it's probably middle of the pack, 14th. Dead last in starting pitcher ERA, 7.04, worse than the Red Sox, the Orioles, and the Royals. Some of that is Giolito from opening day, which he righted. Some of that is Dylan Cease. Some of that is Renato Lopez. Dallas Keuchel has been good both times. Gio Gonzalez didn't go deep, but he certainly did a good job when he was in there last night. Gio is Gio's such a good dude, such a good teammate. After that start last night for Gio Gonzalez, when he gets taken out with uh, two outs in the fourth inning, Gio could be bitter, could, but he says, nah, we got to move forward. You can fast forward through mine, go straight to the guys in the pen. They did a phenomenal job. I'm happy for Matt Foster and Cody Hoyer. First win and first save. That's huge. That's something to remember for the rest of their time. It's bittersweet, said Gio. I wish I had done better, had a different kind of line, but a win's a win, and the music's playing. That's all that matters. Adult Gio Gonzalez. So that's your starting pitcher numbers. As a full staff, the Cubs are 10th in strikeouts. Sox are 19th. Starting pitchers, Cubs are 4th. Sox 27th with strikeouts. Guess who has the most strikeouts as a starting rotation, Sean Anderson, in all of, uh, all of baseball? I think you can guess. The Cleveland Indians. 77 strikeouts. 20 more than the second-place team, the Cincinnati Reds. They're insane. Like, we talked about this in the, the, the pre-show uh, meeting, too. But Shane Bieber is probably the best pitcher in baseball right now. Uh, and, and maybe Jacob deGrom has an argument there. But it feels like they've been, you know, have, have had a great rotation for, like, 10 years now. Yeah, exactly. They just, they just keep going. They have to stay young and stay cheap. So guys get traded away, like Kluber, like Bauer. And they just keep reloading with more and more and more. Zach Plesak. Clevenger is the is the old guy on that team. Carlos Carrasco, back from cancer and striking out double digits. Outrageous. All right, I'll give you the offense stuff in a couple of minutes, but I don't want to make callers wait because I asked for you and you are there. The offensive numbers for the Cubs and Sox, we'll do at some point a little bit later in the hour. But first, let's go to the phones. It's hit and run on 670 The Score. I'm Matt Spiegel, your host all morning long. Ron Coomer going to join us at 11. Maybe a surprise from uh, the White Sox if uh, things work out. And also Chris Kampka going to tie the room together later on. This is Jacob in Northbrook on 670 The Score. Jacob, what's up? How are you? Welcome. Uh, good morning, Matt. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. I hope you and your staff are doing all right. I want to you. You touch on a lot of things uh, this morning since since you got on the air, and I, I just want to say some things uh, kind of like in sequence. The science, you talked about the science, the public health. Yeah. I, think, uh, I think that's most important than any political or economic decision you can make for sports or anything else in the, in, in the world, to be honest. Players opting out who got young kids at home, wife, family, they're worried about if, if, if I get sick, you know, something happens, I, I, you know, you can never regret it. Uh, you know, you lose your lung, mm-hmm. get a lung transplant. It doesn't matter if you're young or old. It, it, you know, you don't know how your body's going to respond if you get it. No vaccination is out right now, but everybody mm-hmm. wants to just do what they want. Uh, uh, the commissioner, Manford, he said, he said, I heard you say that he says the players could do better. Mm-hmm. How about if he could do better being the leader and commander in chief of the of Major League Baseball? Yep, he should do better. Don't put Absolutely. on the players what they should do, because if one of them players, God forbid, should die, 
one player in any sport, not just baseball, what do you think is going to happen around the league? They're going to say, hey, you know what? I'm out of here now. One player. Just well, Jacob, one that, that, that's, I, I've thought about that. I've, I've thought about just that, think, Jacob. Think about I've that. thought about, like, think. is that – is that the shutdown? Like, if I mean, Eduardo Rodriguez of the Red Sox developed some um, some problems from having the virus that have shut him down for the year. He wants to play. He can't play. He's got he's got problems, um, and I, I believe they're lung related. Uh, uh, so he's got he's got massive issues here. So yeah, I've thought about that. If that's enough to shut them down, and I would think so, but I I, I don't know, man. Their commitment level is. It's pretty crazy. So what I'm saying, Matt, what I'm saying to you, Matt, is this. Let's not wait until somebody's on their deathbed to say, oh, we need to shut it down. Don't let it go that far. Don't let it, because you know this thing will kill you. you already, it's been proven already. We don't, we don't have to question this no more. People are dying in Illinois. The numbers are going, the government's thinking about shutting it down in Illinois. Yeah. So what I'm saying to you is, yeah, we all love sports. Of course we do. We all love sports. But do you love it enough to see people dying? Getting sick, kids getting sick. They they, they you know they pushing people to go to school and do. It's like where's the leadership at? Where's the leadership? Hey, J- Jacob, at? Jacob, thanks for calling, man. I I, I appreciate it. I, I understand. This is uh, this is the very real world that that we're living in. The incredibly daunting nature of this pandemic and the bad job that we have done as a country uh, so far in not not getting it. Um, as eradicated as it could be by now. And it's it, it, and what basketball is doing in a bubble in Orlando seems to be working out beautifully so far. The irony here is that baseball, in terms of a game being played, not transmitting it from person to person as a game, as a sport, it is most equipped to play safely as a sport. But in terms of the logistics of it, 30 teams in 30 cities with travel and the volume of people involved, those logistics make it incredibly difficult. You can't do this in a bubble. Maybe you could have done little mini bubbles of divisions. Let's just put all of them, you know, let's have uh, all, all, all the Cubs and Sox and three other teams play in Chicago and do a little mini bubble there. A complete revamping of things. But they didn't go that way. They tried to do it this way. And it, it's just incredibly, incredibly difficult. Joel Sherman of the New York Post put it this way this morning. MLB is a guinea pig, a crash test dummy. The league is trying to learn in real time how to play a regular season in a pandemic, which falls into the category of trying to learn to swim while surrounded by white sharks. Maybe you will succeed, but good luck. Yeah. And I admittedly am in the awkward position of loving every baseball game we get, of loving the fact that I get to come to work and talk baseball, of having numbers to discuss, of having two games on in my house last night, of having uh, so many topics that I could get to just in a baseball sense today that I need more than three hours and 20 minutes. At 1220, it'll be Cubs pregame with our man Zach Zabin doing a one-hour pregame. I know. I hear you, Jacob, but onward they roll. And as they go and as they try, I am left to enjoy it and talk about it with you. This is Mike on the north side on 670 The Score. Mike, good morning. You're on Hit and Run. How you doing? 
First off, what do you know about the reliever that they picked up from Cleveland who used to be their closer in the World Series? Cody Allen um, has not been good for a while. <laughs> had was hurt and velocity went down and has struggled. But man, it, if any if any season called for a flyer like that, it's this one. If any bullpen yeah. in baseball demanded a flyer like that, it's this one. They're dead last. Go for it. Give it a shot. See yeah. what you got. Because having the uh, uh, having the, the mindset to handle those moments is a big big part of the gig, and we know Cody Allen has that. And maybe he knows how to pitch. This is my issue with Craig Kimbrell is that I don't think he really knows how to pitch. He's used to just having dominant stuff, and it's not dominant anymore, and he's freaking out. So, but we'll we'll yeah. talk about that a little bit more. Um, here's the thing. If they do bubble next year, I think that it's going to be New York, Chicago, and California, states where there's multiple stadiums, if it doesn't work out this year. But what I'm confused about is I, I, I'm watching this last night with my friend on the phone, and I'm, after the speeches the last two days, I'm looking at the Cubs dugout, and they're clapping along, and they're looking all – why am I more concerned about the future of the season than they are? And also, why was there still no social distancing, only certain guys wearing masks in the dugout after they just came down with this big speech? Explain this to me, because I'm completely confused. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I understand that, Mike. I, I understand it. It's really awkward to see these guys. Um, not wearing masks and not social distancing. There was a video that Zach Collins put out of him and I think it was Danny Mendick um, dancing and, and they were, you know, what, within a foot and a half of each other. One of them with no mask, one of them had a mask that would pull, was pulled down. It's, they believe since they're all getting tested so much that they're clean and can live with each other. And, and the problem is that's not how this thing works. Because one of them could get it, obviously, and then just pass it, and all of a sudden you have a, an outbreak amidst a team. I, I know what the Dodgers are doing. Justin Turner shared this the other night with Alana Rizzo. And the Dodgers are taking the safety and health of everyone into account and doing what they can when they're traveling and all of that. But also just amidst themselves. This is what the Dodgers are doing from Justin Turner. And I haven't watched the Dodgers dugout closely over the last two nights to see if this is happening or not. But supposedly, all players will wear face coverings in the dugout. Any player not in the lineup or game will not be in the dugout during the game. Pitching coaches will not be in the dugout when the team is on offense. Hitting coaches will not be in the dugout when the team is on defense. They've readdressed high fives and handshakes. They're stressing the six feet of distancing and face coverings in the bullpens where guys may have to sit in the stands to ensure space. They've stressed avoiding public appearances for marketing purposes. And they've shared that with, with each other. Thanks for everything you guys do on making us all look good. Have a great night. Justin Turner shared that the other night. That's what the Dodgers are doing. But then you know what we saw last night? <laughs> saw Bob Guerin, the bench coach for the Dodgers, in the middle of an interview, an on-camera interview, wearing a mask, and he realized he had to cough. So he took off the mask and coughed into the air. <laughs> oh, God. What are you doing? What are you doing? That's not how masks work. That's what it's there for. Now, I did that one time early on in the pandemic. I'm wearing a mask. We're in an Uber. Uh, maybe not too early on. Maybe a month in uh, with my wife. I'm in an Uber and I have to sneeze. 
And like a complete idiot, I took off the mask and sneezed into my arm because I didn't want to sneeze and get stuff on my mask. And then my wife's like, what are you doing? Yeah, stupid, super duper stupid, guilty every once in a while. Humans, guilty every once in a while. But to answer your question about the players, it's, uh, it is confusing. It is confusing. They believe they're getting tested enough that they are clean as a group. And you know what? The Cubs have not had any positive tests. Nothing along the way except Mike Napoli very early, and that happened to him in Florida, so they kept him there, and he didn't come. So what the Cubs have been doing and the way they've been controlling this, their compliance officer is a guy who's already been doing that job. He's already been traveling and on point and doing that job. So they're like, okay, well, yeah, we'll appoint him the compliance officer because he's been doing the job that you're finally describing, Rob Manfred. 670, the score is where you are. Hit and run is what you're listening to. I'm Matt Spiegel. We'll take a break. We'll come back, and I'll give you those offensive stats for the locals, and we'll see if they fit with what your perception is. Uh, The teaser is this. They're both pretty damn good. Top of the hour, we get into Luis Robert at leadoff and more with that White Sox offense. 670, the score, hit and run. Keep it right here and keep dialing. 312-644-6767. Hamp hits a high fly ball, deep left center field, back is Dyson. This ball's got a chance, gone. Ian Hamp, a home run to left center. Cubs are on the board, leading one to nothing. And the 2-0. Swung on, hit in the air, deep center field, back is Dyson. This ball's got a chance, long gone. Get out the tape measure for Javier Baez. Cubs lead two to nothing. Just an absolute bomb to straightaway center. Gets a little bit left from Javier Baez, who swings that hard. And when he connects, it it makes a sound like that. It's amazing. It was at that moment last night, um, as I'm watching both games, and thinking about both guys that I tweeted, I like living in the city where Luis Robert and Javier Baez work. I do. And I was in for Parkins with Mac um, about a week ago, and we finalized some of their bets, some McNeil and Parkins bets. And we basically ended up with Javier Baez and Luis Robert making a bet about oblique moments, like just kind of highlight moments, water cooler moments. It's very abstract and will be difficult to count and may just be a complete disaster. But the point is that those are the two guys you end up kind of talking about a lot based on what they do. Two nights ago, Javi with the bunt and then just the way he runs the bases, it is part of forcing that bad throw and Javi takes second. And then just Robert does something every night. We'll talk about him some more in a few minutes. But I promised you offensive numbers for the Cubs and the Sox in this town. And we'll see if they fit what your perception is. Feel free to play along and think about it. Batting average. Where do the Cubs and Sox rank among 30 teams in baseball? White Sox are first in batting average. Cubs are seventh in batting average. On base percentage. Cubs are second in all of baseball and on base percentage. Sox are 12th. They don't walk as much, but they hit the hell out of the ball. OPS, Cubs are number one in all of baseball and on base plus slugging. And the White Sox are fifth. 
fifth, first and fifth among all offenses in baseball. Cubs are tied for first in home runs with 15. The Sox just two back of them with 13. Both of these offenses are excellent right now. Stolen bases, not so much. The Sox only have one. They are one of six teams that only have one stolen base. The Cubs have zero stolen bases. They're one of three teams with zero stolen bases. Any guess on who has the most stolen bases in all of baseball? The San Diego Padres, they have 14. They're the only team in double digits. 14 stolen bases. They're they're fun and weird and intriguing. They really are. Got some really, really cool pieces. Didn't they even trade their fastest player too, Manny Margot? Didn't they trade him this offseason to the race? So they got slower and they're still stealing bags. I don't know if he's faster than, than Tatis. I don't know if he is or not. Tatis is a physical freak like Robert is. Love watching that guy. Uh, could have watched him for 162. Yeah, right? Yeah, he could have. But here's the thing. As you look back on that, just remember, that's the moment. That not working out. Tatis for James Shields. And that failing as massively as it did is what forced Rick Hahn to say we're mired in mediocrity, what forced him to go to the go to Jerry with some backup and say, look, we can't do it this way anymore and change gears as they did completely shift their their direction. So there's 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 a bonus in uh, in that. 670, the score is where you are. We squeeze in a phone call before we uh, get out of here and move on to the next hour and talk about Luis Robert. This is Ron on the South Side on 670 The Score. Good morning, Ron. How are you? Hey, hey, hey Matt, man. I'm, I'm well, man. Just, you know, <laughs> just enjoying this, you know, enjoying baseball and I've been listening to you. But, you know, and uh, the offense, the numbers, and, and it's somewhat what I was expecting, Matt, but they're going to have to pitch. If you want to, Minnesota has definitely enough offense uh, compete for the division, and mm-hmm. once again, Cleveland's pitching is just unbelievable. So I say that to say that I'm really looking forward to seeing Dylan Cease today. Just can't get a really a good a, a handle on him. Um, you know the high expectations. Certainly, the offensive players that we had expectations is playing out that way. Uh, I, I'm not concerned. I'm not sure about Lopez. But but one last thing before I go, but I, I, I am looking forward to seeing him. I want to see his development. You know, I listen to you all the time, and I listen to you on TikTok. I know you're a big music guy, and I think you had watched the uh, Miles Davis documentary. Oh, you were talking about his style of dressing and the fast cars. Hey, I, what I want to uh, mention to you, Matt, do you know who he emulated as far as his style? Uh, Sugar Ray Robinson. It was Ray. Yeah, I'm a big, 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 big jazz fan. I have plenty of books and stuff. I just wanted to throw that out. Sugar Ray Robinson emulated Sugar Ray Robinson. Yeah, that's that's who. That's who Miles um, was emulating. That's who. And and he said, I I I had a couple of books about Miles, but yeah, it it was it it was that um, was his guy. That's awesome. That was his guy. The the fast cars and the clothes and the women. So. Just want to throw that. I'm always listening to you. <laughs> and Thanks, Ron. Feel like, despite of what we're going through. Have a good one, man. Hey, man. Thank you, boy. I've talked to Ron for a lot of years. I love that dude. 
It's radio is so weird. I've never met Ron, but man, we have talked for a lot of years on this station. You used to call me on Sporting News Radio too. That Miles Davis documentary on Netflix is incredible. Whether you're a big jazz guy or not, Miles so important and so interesting, and his entire life documented there. Talk about a guy who kept reinventing himself. Over and over and over, found a way to keep himself young, vital, present, mindful, remarkable. Um, Dylan Cease, as I segue, has great stuff, but man, if he can't control that breaking stuff, he's he, it's it just it doesn't play. The fastball's great, but if he can't control the slider and the curveball, if he bounces a bunch of them like he did his first time out, he's not going to be able to do much. Got to control it. Got to have a better feel for it. We'll see today. Will be very interesting. Lots to come here on Hit and Run. The Cubs offense in detail and how it's changed since the way Jed Hoyer used to talk about it. And uh, Luis Robert at leadoff. And the ridiculous company that he's already keeping in terms of some very specific data. We'll share that with you next, right here on 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.